Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of F2 Life After, Mil- After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and today I'm joined by Jorge, um, Georgie. Um, he was my team leader back in, what was it, about 2011? It was, it was a while back, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, 2011, January 2011, I still remember it. Yeah, and uh, he, he recently transitioned out of the military, he uh, retired officer, and I wanted to bring him on um, because even back then when I first met Georgie, I realized, I knew that he was going to be successful because he could convince you to buy a turd sandwich, eat it, and be happy <laughs> and be happy to eat it. Like it would be the best investment you ever made in your life. Uh, he's he's the best sales guy I've ever seen in my life. Um, we'll talk about it, but I saw him make up a brief on the fly because we were doing a dual brief with another team and they took all of our talking points and left Georgie with absolutely nothing. And so he had to make up his brief on the fly and it was, it was everybody in the room believed it. So it was like, wow, I was, I was really impressed uh, after I saw that. I remember Um, that Tony. That was uh, a good story. Yeah. Uh, but Georgia, I'm going to pass it over to you. And, uh, you know, this is unscripted. It's okay. just talking about whatever we want to talk about. So by all means, the floor is yours. And yeah. just, you know, just let us know how you how you planned on – how did you plan and how did you transition out of yeah. the military? Hey. hey, Tony, thank you for inviting me, right? Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for a little bit now since uh, we crossed paths again on LinkedIn. And uh, I remember you got Eli last time and a couple other guys. Um so thank you again. Thank you very much. Um, I, like, I like the platform and the topics, and uh, definitely uh, I was stuck when you uh, when we start talking again after that many years, right? Um, but yeah, the story is true. I made. I still remember they, they stole our briefing, so I just made one up right away in a, in a piece of paper and a pen that I had in my pocket. <laughs> and the good thing is, like everybody believed it, and I remember Steve Bada and Tony Ramos were there, like. This is awesome. I was like, like, yes, we are are in business. We're in business now. Um, But yeah, recently uh, retired since last year. One October was my first day of retirement. Um, uh, Retired out of Korea, overseas, which has its own challenges, right? Uh, uh, That was my last job there working for 8th Army, which is a three-star command. I never thought I was going to be that high. Right. I mean, but I had a call one day, Steve Battle ended up there and he was like, Hey, I need you to come and work for me. I was like, Yeah, sure, okay, I've never been there. So I just uh, went up there. I mean, great experience, learned a lot. So um I'll tell you what, it's a uh, retiring overseas has his challenges, right? And then retirements and officers have other challenges that people don't see most of the time, right? Um and that was the thing that I saw. Sometimes the NCO had a better defined path. Because the sergeant majors do that for you guys sometimes, or some of them do, or attempt to do, right? <laughs> Give you like a defined yeah. path. I like go here. I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong in this one. But uh, no, it, it's like everything else. You know, you have some sergeant majors that realize, like, hey, we owe it to our guys to give them yeah. uh, the, the time and and lead them in, the, in 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 the right direction so they can make that transition. And then you have some who you know. Don't care. Are, are rocks, you know, and they, they can't, <laughs> like, they can't, 
they can't see that far ahead. They can't yeah. realize that there's something besides the military. Yeah, and right. They think that everybody should just be in the military until the day they die. And yeah, you know, fortunately, there there are fewer of those now than there used to be. So that's good. Know, it, it's getting better. So on the offer side, the only thing was like nobody tell you anything, right? It's like you're gonna retire. And you're like, okay. Um, so it's like uh, I, I start like researching, right? First of all, you have to, as an officer, you have to start researching because nobody. Uh, none of your subordinates are going to tell you, you're going to retire. Okay, go to the S1. I was like, that's where everybody goes, right? And then uh, I went to the S1. I still remember going to the S1. And uh, the sergeant there was like, you're going to retire, sir? I said, like, yeah, okay. Hey, go to the portal. Everything is there. I was like, I was like dude, the portal have like 1,000 pages and clicks. Man. Like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah, I lose you. So uh, uh, just starting from that, right, you, you have to get some initiative and figure it out yourself. And uh, obviously, as a as a great officer, I led over the year. I went to the regulations of the army once I found it out, so I, so I can do yeah. my own path, right? Find out who has to sign what, what letter needs to be done, uh, and then try to. The other thing was like once I got my packet together, right? After I found like five, uh, I don't I don't call them packet lists, but like five lists of things that you need to have. And four of yeah. them were outdated. And then so I had to figure out which one is what and then uh, who I need to send it to. So that was uh, that was the only difference. That was a big difference right there between the NCOs. I remember we have uh, E6 was retiring. And, I mean, this guy didn't have any hiccups, man. The, the sergeant major took him. Hey, he gave him like a, like a path. It's like a flow chart that he had already done. You know, with places, yeah. email, things like that. <laughs> like... Um, so for us, was a, that, that was a little bit uh, challenging, right? It, it does seem like the Army uh, makes it as difficult as they possibly can for you to get out. Like, you have to want to get out. Like, you have to be dedicated. Like, I, I didn't realize I had to prove no that kidding. I was in the military for 20 years. Bro, that was my – dude, I, I couldn't believe it either. I was like, do I – Dude, you've been paying me for the last twenty years. Like it's not, it's not like I just suddenly appear and collect a break. You've been paying me for twenty years, right? So I have to prove that too. It's like submitting like all kind of uh basically it was like a records review, you know? Like from the ORB or ERB. Uh yeah. and then somebody has to certify, right? So you have to get an O six signature that says Yes, this guy's been 20 years in. He's requesting to get out. Like, you know, now I compare it to the private sector where I'm in right now. And the private sector, you just don't come tomorrow. Tomorrow, you're gone, man. Like, hey, we'll send you the stuff from... Like, make sure your, your address is updated in the system. And we'll send you everything in your address. You're done. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so at work, the one thing I, you know, everybody knows I'm looking for another job, not because I'm dissatisfied. I love where I work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, if I can find some place that's going to pay me more, why not take it? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if I can find some place that's going to pay me double what I'm making now, why not take it? Uh, and yeah. uh, so they said, Hey, the one thing that we asked, if you don't do it, okay, we understand, but could you please just give us a two weeks notice? Like, <laughs> like, like that's it. That's all. That's it. They're not asking for anything else. They're like, it doesn't have to be in writing. It doesn't, Nothing. no emails. Just so like, come in and just like, hey, I'm giving you my my notice. Okay. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and the guy goes to their uh, human resources. He's like, hey, Antonio Rodriguez is pursuing other opportunities. 
And the guy, Gal, whoever is back, the tech back there, is like, yeah, he's been working with us for the last five years. This is all his paycheck that we pay him. You know what I'm saying? I was like, why the army couldn't do something like that? And uh, I remember I, I, then I found one of my friends, 06, he signed my stuff. Finally, dude, it was, uh, you know, go to the process, right? And I have to go to TAPS. <laughs> you know, the TAPS classes that you have to take. Yeah, yeah. So those were interesting. I tell you, those were like waste of time. It was a waste of time, right? But I was going to give you the, the, the benefit of the doubt, right? I was going to go go to the top classes. Well, I'm, going to, I'm working at the same time. It's, you know, they tell you, like, come in civilian clothes. You say, well, I cannot go in civilian I cannot afford that, right? I can't, because I have to go back to my office and and work. So I'm the I'm the highest ranking guy there. And the lady came back and said, "Hey, you don't have to be here." He said, "Well, I want to I want to give you the benefit of the doubt, you know." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, for us, they waive all those top classes. Uh, if you're no if you're no six or above, they waive even more. So it's only yeah. like two classes. You have to like the VA. It was the VA. And I don't remember the other class that you have to go. But if you're an 06, they waive all that, too. You don't have to. You just do your own. The paperwork, send it out. And retirement services will punch you in, and then they send it back to HRC. So that aspect is more streamlined, right? Um, yeah. The approval process is more streamlined, but it's less defined, if, that's, if that makes sense. No, it, it does. Um, you know, I went to the TAPS, um, you know, for enlisted, it's dependent on your rank. Yeah. And then they'll ask you questions. Or they'll ask, like, what's your rank? Then how much <clears throat> education do you have? And depending on all that, like, you can limit it all the way down to, like, two classes. One being, like, everyone has to go to the VA class, yeah. right? Yes, I and, and so I went to, I think, like, three classes, the VA and then... One of the classes I appreciated was they just showed me a bunch of search engines for uh, government jobs, not mm-hmm. not USA not USA jobs, but other ones for like the states, right? Yeah, and okay. Yeah, so, so that one I appreciated because it was things that I hadn't – I was just going to go to like the Department of Labor for North Carolina. Yeah. But they showed me some other search engines that like refined it and made it a little bit easier for me. So you know, I appreciated that. Now, the VA class for me, I don't know about you, but the lady at Fort Bragg, she's insane. Right. She's a retired, <laughs> she's a retired Sergeant Major cook. Right. And she still thinks she's a Sergeant Major. And I was like, oh, man, I, I yeah. finally had to ask her. It's like, can I just can I just take the booklet and leave? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, like <clears throat> she wasn't providing any valuable information that every the book was enough. I didn't. Yeah. She was trying to tell me, like, there was no reason for me to go to sit call. It's like, well, I don't know if you know this, but that's not your. Yes. <laughs> you, you don't get to decide that. You don't have your decision to make. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like if I'm injured, if I'm hurt or sick, mm-hmm. I'll go to sick call. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know if you understand this, but your your job is to give the VA class, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's like, and when you were, I don't know if you understand this, but when you were in the military, you were a cook. <laughs> you weren't a doctor. You weren't a PA. You weren't yeah. a nurse. You, you have no like medical cook. training whatsoever. So just stick to your job. Yeah, I, I hate those kind of people. They think they know everything, right? Uh, yeah. Um, the good thing about the VA overseas, right, they opened an office in Korea last two years. And uh, obviously, there's very young. Most of the spouses, they get hired there. 
and yeah. uh, except the director they have one director that she come from the united states another va office she was pretty pretty good um uh, but they have everything very uh structured for those people because they know they're transient people they go there they're the spouse of any five any four usually right that they give them mm-hmm. priority because the job and those they do phenomenal job and this lady did a phenomenal job keeping them in structure right so she had like this curriculum basically done on ba which was a it was very helpful uh for me at least to get me started right um obviously yeah. <clears throat> i took the opportunity to research on my own and i found other areas like from the state va office and i started yeah. you know from other but at least she gave me like a good base so i can start looking into stuff right um and she was great man like she i mean she was like 21 years old but Thanks to the curriculum that the director made, she was uh, she was able. If I mean, she didn't know the answer, she she had a link in the packet where you can go get the answer, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was that was a good thing. Um, most of the the other classes, for example, the search engines and stuff like that, they had it already printed out in their office. So I just went to the office, look around, and they in their they have a big table in Korea. We have all those stuff printed out, search engines, uh, words, right? Award trans, you know the awards. What are the equivalent of civilian life? Because nobody care about your MSMs in the civilian life, man. <laughs> nobody yeah. care about your bronze star that you had in combat. You know, in the civilian sector, no. Yeah, this is a reality, hard, hard reality for a lot of people. Listen, man. Yeah. No, so, so far, I haven't had anybody ask me uh, about anything involving jump mastery. Yeah. Right. Not yeah. not one time in my civilian interviews or. No. In my job now, nobody has asked me anything about DZSO or yeah. GMPI anymore. <laughs> Unless you're going to work as a, an air guide on the brigade. Remember that? They used yeah. to have like a civilian guy there. Like, unless you're going to do that kind of job. Yeah, right? But in the at least in the commercial sector that I am, nobody do like... And that, w- that was hard for me, right? Because... Uh, they, they brought a lady to do resumes. That's what I decided. I'm not coming to these classes anymore unless a general told me that I need to go. And uh, she started talking about resumes, how to do resumes for the civilian sector. But uh, she was very general, right? It's like very generalist in your in the bullets and everything, telling the guys how to do it. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm smart enough. I can do that in my room right now, you know, <laughs> drinking yeah. a beer and putting it in Google. You're not helping. I find out uh, this late. I mean, she doesn't have that much work experience either, right? So, so that's one of the, the problems that that program yeah. has across the. I'm pretty sure across the army they have that. People like they're given this class of I'll get a job, but that's probably the, like the second job in their life, you know? Like, yeah, and, and that's <laughs> what I found out too. Like, so I've heard this a lot. Like with people, I've had people mm-hmm. here, guests on here, that say, "Give it this advice." Like, hey, if 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 you don't know what you want to do when you get out, then don't get out. And yeah. for me, it's like, it's like, look, You're bro, right. I don't know if you understand this, but this is my life and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. I want to get out, I'm going to get out. Like, don't tell me to stay in because you stayed in because you were scared. Yeah. That that's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want to get out because my <clears throat> mental health mm-hmm. is breaking down. I'm miserable. I'm drinking yeah. a lot. And yes. the, the military adds to that. So I want to get out and try something else. You, you, you're right. right. Um, there is a lot of people who do, uh, It happened in every organization, right? 
um, people get comfortable where they at and they get scared of something new. Let's be real here, right? Uh, um, a lot of people who stay long time is because they they're, they get institutionalized. Whether they like to admit it or not, that's who they are. So they stay in the army for a long time because it's easier for them now. It's easier than jump into another job, right? But like you said, uh, I was I was not in a good place either. You know, I was like uh, smoking again, drinking, and I was like, man, I want to do this for the rest of my life. No, man, I'm getting out too. <laughs> Now the COVID yeah. situation, the state is kind of stable, so I can, I can afford to get. I did the numbers. I told you the story, like I was smoking a cigarette behind the building, and that uh, all retired colonel man, white dude, skinny, kind of tall, and he was like, he was like, get out. He said, if I do it again at twenty years, I will be done. <laughs> yes, you don't know how much money you lose. Yeah, right? and uh, he said you're losing a lot of money. I was like, okay. And uh, I did the numbers. I went back to my office, started doing numbers, looking at information. I was like, wow, man. It's, like, it's true what he was saying. So that's one of the, that was one of the catalysts. I said, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm taking the jump. And then you, you know yourself, right? You know? <laughs> I mean, if, if you have some catalyst, I mean, you're not, you're not an idiot. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're going to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> like, we made it 20. It's like, yeah. usually it's like 0.05% of the force that come in made it to 20 years, right? So, I would hear a lot of people, uh, you know, various ranks telling yeah. me, well, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to, you know, they would have their checklist of what I had to do oh, yeah. for my transition, you know, to find a job and be successful. And I would ask each one of them, it's like, <laughs> what'd you do before the army? It's like, well, I've only been in the army. It's like, so you have no clue. You have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. You don't know it. You don't know anything. Like you, you're, like, it's just like with my PhD program. I had people tell me, "Hey, well, you know, you're going to have to do this and buckle down." It's like, do you have a PhD? No. no. Why? Am I, why would I listen to you? Oh, you get a lot of those, man. Every rank. I'm telling you, like, yeah. uh, this barrack lawyers used to call them at one point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You get those ranks at every rank, man. Like, I had all six. So. Remember, he was the PMO director in Korea, and he was getting out. He didn't get he didn't get picked up for general, and his wife did, right? So he was getting out. Me and him <laughs> were in the CIF line together in the back of the line, both of us, right? And the CIF, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, get your resume going, you know, a master certification." And I said, "Okay." So I asked him the same question. Hey, sir, you know, politely. So what are you used to before the army? He's like, "No, I just did college and went into the army right away." So, okay, I'm not going to listen to you anymore, you know? Like, thank you. I was not disrespectful or anything, but I was like, yeah. you might not be the right guy to tell me what to do. <laughs> um, when I got, which is, that's a struggle. Um, I'll tell you what, once us officers, right? Because, I mean, our pipeline have education gates that you have to cross, right? You have bachelors, masters, and things like that. So you think... You think you're gonna get out, and you want to find a job just on that, right? And and I'm pretty sure you saw some people that still wear the rank. I'm retired, Colonel Blah, or retired. Well, boss in the civilian sector, nobody cares, man. So nobody give a rat. Nobody cares in the civilian sector. I start with that. Um, but yeah, those guys, you see them, and then 99.9 percent of what they do is like, unless you're a four-star general. Or a three-star, those are the guys who get a, like a board job right away when they get out. Yeah. Right? 
or a consultant somewhere or something like that. Those guys are the only ones. Everybody else down the pipeline, dude, like, you know, you don't. And uh, some people got a hard time dealing with that, you know. So it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I was talking about how I, I uh, was in onward to opportunity, right, for the project mm-hmm. management uh, cert, yeah. cert. Well, they brought in like different people from different professions, right? And there was a retired uh, two-star general, right? And he was a, a, a doctor and he got all the way up to two-star and didn't get yeah. three-star. So the Army said, hey, you have to leave now, right? Yeah. So, so he went and he applied uh, for different jobs running hospitals, right, throughout the mm-hmm. country. Yeah. And he, he, he got one in uh, Maryland and he said it came down between him and another retired general. And the difference, they finally told him afterwards, after about six <laughs> months of being there, yeah. when he went in for his interview, he had just a gray suit on. The other gentleman had a gray suit, but it had stripes, right? Like, like the Dillinger, like the, like the, um, what is it? Like a the gangsters from like the twenties, right? Oh yeah, okay. Pinstripes. Yeah, yeah. Pinstripes. And they said, and they looked at him and they said, "This isn't the guy for us." Just based off of his suit. Yes. Oh, dude. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think we were talking about before the podcast starts. So, I'm in this company right now, right? Um, and uh, commercial, got a commercial. It's it's pure commercial, pure commercial contracts out there. <clears throat> International company, anyway. <clears throat> they they I, I finally start picking my start picking into the interview process how they pick these people up right when they take like twenty resumes so first of all they, they start with your education right uh, doesn't matter if you're military or not you can put that in the bottom of the pile if you want nobody cares about that they look at your resume your name and they look at your education That's the first thing they look bachelor's master okay you go to the top of the pile and then uh but then if you don't have that they look at your experience and maybe you can get into the pile if you have 10 years of experience in the job they're looking for, right? Maybe you can get in the pile. Then after that, it comes the camera process, right? The Zoom that we're doing right now. And I, I remember I was in Huntsville, Alabama, taking care of one of our customers with my with two of our directors and I'm a, I'm a vice president. And Tony, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. They put their, so I, I, I got a conference room. I'm with them there. I'm just sitting at the end of the table. And they are looking in their cameras. Okay, picture of these guys, right? It's like, no, I don't like this one. Look at, look at his, look at his suit out. No, I don't like this one. Look at his hair out, dude. Things like that, man. Like, I was like, oh, oh my god, this is like very cutthroat in that aspect, you know? Like, so I, yeah. I tell, I tell your audience out there, you do your homework, right? Don't show up because uh, you got, you got education, then. You might have a, and then how you look, right? Don't, don't, yeah. don't show off for an interview with, a, with a pimp suit, right? Or, or your core frame shoes. You know what I'm saying? From your class A, something like that. Because they will, they will look at you. They will be very polite, right? They'll be very polite, yeah. but they're not gonna call you back, right? Yeah, and that can be a discriminator right there. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. no. This this general he was talking to us. Uh, he was telling us that within the first year he had he got called into hum, into human resources yeah. um, three times, and oh, wow. he, he didn't understand why. He's and they the people that he was working with said like he would show up to work every week with his shoes polished with the yeah. spit shine on him, right? And <laughs> they found it very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like I, 
I agree, man. <laughs> so he had to stop doing that, right? He had like he would just do like a little brush shine, and then that was it. And then yeah. and when they would have meetings, he unconsciously would would do the the chop, right? Oh, really? Yeah. And they were that was a big issue. It's like we like is he mad at us? It's like why is yeah. he like you know? It, it's like it's really threatening. So he had to like hold a pin or use a laser pointer so he would not chop. Yeah, no, that, that happens. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and it's funny, right? But it's like, things like that are, um, so I, I did, a, I started like studying company cultures, right? Uh, and that's something for, we can discuss it later, but uh, I did, a, that's a good CA guy, right? You, stu- you study other cultures when you go to deploy, right? So, my mind was I need to study the company culture, right? Because he, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in, the, I'm in my forties, right? And my boss, she's only like thirty years old, man, right? So she's like twelve, thirteen years younger than me, right? She still wear bands to work, things like that, right? Yeah. Um. So that culture, I have to learn it, right? I have to like, uh, I start studying the culture, and then. That also helped me out what company I want. I was going to apply for, right? I mean, I was the, I was not going to go to a tech company where people are like in skateboards in the office because I probably bust my ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and people get offended just to look at me full of tattoos when I show up to work, yeah. you know. You know what I'm saying? So, so I study company cultures and a lot of software. A lot of software companies are like that. They're looking for PMs because uh, they have great coders, but they don't have PMs, so. But you see, it's a bunch of thirty-five-year-old kids, you know, playing video games, and and yeah. but I mean, so I, I studied that. I was like, I figured it out. Okay, uh, help me out to discern which company I want to work for, what field I want to go into, one thing I can fit in without giving away too much of my identity, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's important, right? To find some place yeah. where where you're going to be happy, so. You're- yeah, exactly. Not miserable like we were when we were in the military. Yeah, man. I was at one point in the military that I didn't want to, dude. I didn't want to put my uniform anymore. I was like, I didn't even put my badges anymore. You know, I just. <laughs> and then I remember when I my last, my last week, before I was gonna go on terminal leave, I grabbed everything from my room and threw it in the dumpster, except one PT uniform, short leave and shorts. And uh, and the the BDU that I had on, everything that went to the dumpster, everything, Tony. I mean, what's that? Everything is everything, <laughs> dude. I mean, the Korean dudes that working in the trust services were taking this stuff out and putting it on and stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> take all this shit, man. I'm, I don't want. And when I left my last day. I threw my last uniform in the dumpster. The same with my PD in the dumpster. Boots, everything. Nothing, man. I'm going, I'm transitioned for real. I'm done. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I have people talk to me about, because like my, my daughter, my daughter, my my granddaughter thinks that I, I was a cook, that my sole job in the <laughs> army was to make hamburgers. That's it. Really? Yeah. Right? Because I have a, when, when I was in, I had a small a grill, right? Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. would fit, it would fit in my rucksack. <laughs> and so I was sure, it's like, see, I, I have this. And then I would get like little bags of charcoal and I would put them in the outside pockets. Yeah. Like, see? And then when I land, I, I start making hamburgers for people. Oh, really? And, <laughs> and so I have people, it's like, well, you should tell her about your career. It's like, yeah. it's my career. 
It's your career. Absolutely. It's yeah. like it's it's nobody else's. So mm-hmm. if I want to tell her about it, I will. And if I don't, I won't. It's I like, won't don't yeah. tell me what I have to do because I live those years. Me. Yeah. They're yours. Yeah. Nobody so. else. Exactly. So I, uh, I'm the same way. And then and my kids don't care. You know, I mean, kids yeah. are not like, they're not like very, even a, if I live in a military town now, but it's an Air Force town. So it's kind of different, you know, like. Yeah, Air Force are very civilian-like. Sorry for the, your Air Force audience out there, but especially I'm an angling Air Force base with a lot of research and development and pilots, basically. So it's not that militarized, right? So everybody's kind of normal in that aspect. Nobody, I mean, they know that I was in the army, and people know that their dads are in the Air Force. But that's it. That's the extent of it. Nobody yeah. talk about careers or anything like that. And uh, so that's one of the reasons that I stay here. Um, but uh, going back to the process, and I want to circle back a little bit there, uh, one of the things that I did, uh, we were talking about, I study two things, right? I, when I started developing my resume, because I, I believe the, re- the lady on TAPS that helped me out with the resume, she was doing the best that she can. But it was too, gen- I mean, it was too general, those bullets, right? So one of the exercises, that was my biggest hurdle. I mean, if I hit a wall, was building a resume. I never built one in my life. So I, I hit a wall, man. Like I was like, damn, dude, how I do this? So what I did was, uh, okay, let me write a military resume because I have done those, right? So I kind of like I'm going to get a job in another unit, right? Like, I mean, we officers start doing that with the AIMS system. You kind of yeah. have to build a military resume. And you send it to the unit that you want to work with, and they looked at it. So that I built one of those, right, with everything in the last 10 years. There's nobody care about 10 years or before or less, unless you save the world or something like that, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did it. So what I did in order to capture that, I, I went kind of orthodox, right? So I put one position that I have from 2001 to 2021. 22, I'm sorry. I put it right in one. And I the challenge came, how I figured it out, put it in, in less than six sentences, everything that I have done there, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I went that orthodox way. And, um, but I put, I put my military resume first, then I started working on how to translate that to civilian, right? To civilian speak. Um, yeah. and that was the, the next challenge, how I can do this, dude. And, uh, I did a tons of research. I, I read so much on LinkedIn and, uh, Indeed and monster.com, every article that I can find out there about how to write resume, I did it. I read it, man. I think yeah. it. And uh, and at the at the end of the year, you know, there's there's organizations on there help you out, uh, and they're free. But Tony, they're hit and miss, right? Like everything, yeah. it's, it's hit and miss. <clears throat> I was just lucky that I went to hire Heroes, the first organization that I, I saw. The lady they assigned to me, she was, uh, she was a human resources. And she worked with them as a, with Hire Heroes as her part-time, her part-time job. So um, she was working for a um, small company here in, in the Panhandle in Florida. So she she grabbed that. And, and she was a Navy vet, married to an Air Force guy. So she grabbed my stuff and put it kind of like that. And then we sat down. And I think the thing that shocked me was like, Nobody care about all this stuff that you have in the civilian sector. It's like they only care about two things. Uh, what, uh, for example, you can, I mean, Amazon used the start method. 
the method that we use in mind was like, this is what I did. This is the revenue that, that, the, that the army or the U.S. government made, right? And that's the hard yeah. part too. How you can do that? Well, I saved the government this many, and I my calculations sometimes were a little bit wrong, but I took a, uh, I work in a program on a project in Korea, negotiating training time with the Korean government in behalf of the U.S. Army for Apache training, right? That's safe. I, I did my calculation and say, okay, that's safe ten million dollars because we don't have to send the Apache crews to the U.S. to get qualified and then come back to Korea. If I can find this range here, that simple thing translated a lot of revenue to the U.S. government. I didn't have to spend. Um, yeah. So that was another hard part, how to do that. But it took me a while. Um, it took a lot of research and work on it. And I give it to people, but don't give it to your friends, right? Because most of your friends are in the military. They have a bias already yeah. in their heads, right? So... So I looked to the human resources out there in the base, like human resources a-hole over there that, you know, and I, hey, can you check my resume and see how it looks like? It's like, no, this thing is messed up, do that. They'll, they'll be brutally honest with me, you know? Yeah. So. so it's interesting that you say the human resources. So when you say human resources, you're talking about uh, a regular, normal, civilian yeah. human resources and a real human resource, not the no, army version the, of human resources. Don't use the army, man. Use that regular. This is what I try to explain to people. Yeah. Like, I was trying to, I was helping this one kid who was an S1, right? And he was mm -hmm. like, I'm a human resources. Like, no, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're really more of a secretary. Yes. Is what you've been for the past 20 years. Yes. Like, you're not a human resources guy. It's like, you think you are, but That's you're not. That's right. And I learned that when I came to the civilian sector, right? What a human resources guy, person do, right? Yeah. It's my project. I have a human resources in my team and she's a PM, right? So, Human resources, they do a lot, right? Yeah. From market research for hourly and salary employees, right? <clears throat> they spend a lot of time in something called the headcount uh, of the organization, how it's going to look like, like, and then how much you're going to pay them, and then how much you can afford to go up and down, how much is going to be the overtime. And it's just little things, right? Well, then, yeah. And I, I can see in the Army, the only one who do actually some is the guys in HRC up in. <laughs> Up in Kentucky, right? Yeah. That they have to do some kind of reports to Congress. It's like, hey, we need this much money for this many people. But uh, I did not see in my career all the way to a three-star level, human resources working as real human resources. And, and what I just mentioned is a fraction, right? Because now you yeah. have to deal with unions, uh, labor yeah. laws per, per state, per county, right? You deal with all that. You don't any that complaints that come in, What's that? you know, any complaints that, well, yeah. hey, my, my uh, co-worker <clears throat> put up a swastika in the office. Yes. It's like, oh, you're yeah. going to HR, right? Like, mm -hmm. yes. the HR people in the army, the S1s, they don't deal with that. They're like, yes. come on, man. And that's like, that's the other, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, people go for HR, like, you know, like you mentioned about your, your guy who was using the knife hand. People go to yeah. HR for that. That's a complaint. So I have to have a process, right? Because yeah. the law asking for a process. And then if you are decentralized, right, you have different labor laws in Alabama. And then not Alabama, Huntsville County or X County versus yeah. uh, Fort Bragg area, Cumberland County, North Carolina. So, and then you're decentralized too. So you have to deal where the complaint come from, what the laws apply there. 
right? Yeah. How are you going to deal with it? Maybe some states like Washington State tells you you have to answer this in a certain amount of time. You know, like they do like real. And then within the HR, you have the hiring managers and the hiring uh, department, right? Well, they have the recruiters and stuff like that. So I used to, I used to grab my resume and find, trying to find one of those people. Uh, especially in Korea, was the I went to the to the civilian GSs. It's uh, one of the the most that I can find, kind of similarly, and they will look at my stuff, right? It's like, well, yeah, this doesn't look good. It doesn't look bad. But then I found through Horror Heroes, there was a guy that they, I told him, hey, I need a, I, I would like somebody to read my resume and looked at it. So they found me on Human Resources for a company called, uh, it was a software company. It's not NVIDIA. It was, a, oh, my God. I think it was Intel. He was retired third group guy. And then he worked with human resources there. So he looked at me and dude, he was brutally honest. He was like, this thing sucks, man. <laughs> with this thing, you're not even going to pass the recruiters uh, a screening process. Dude. Like, and I was like, really? Why? He's like, okay. So he went with me line by line from the top all the way down to the bottom. And he was like, change this, change that. This is a discriminator here. You know, what do you want to say here? What do you it's like, remember, you, you, these people don't say. Oh. We good? So, yeah, we got you. I'm sorry. Got you. So, yeah, that was, uh, so that was another good lesson to learn, trying to find a real human resources person to look at your stuff. And if you're thinking about it going in a specific field, find a human resources in that field that is kind of, you know, and there's tons of organizations that are going to help out. We just need to look at it and they can tell you actually the real, the real stuff, you know, like the real human, not the, not the army. Hey, this guy took leave this day. Where is his leave form? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fill, fill out this 4187. Dude, that's so automated in this, in, in my company. All this stuff is like, yeah. it takes me five minutes in an automated system to do. And the computer does it automatically through AI, all that crap. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. Look at, look for a real, in the, in the field that you want to go to, look for a real human resource to check your stuff before you start competing out there. So the other thing I I, uh, realized, um, and it took me about, I think eight, eight or 10 uh, applications to realize this or submissions to realize this. You're, you have a base resume, mm-hmm. but you need to tailor that for each job that you're applying to. Yes. Um, because having just a general resume, yeah. it, I guess if you go to a job fair, it might catch somebody's attention. Uh, but if you're uh, actually taking the time to sit down yeah. and apply to a job, like it needs to be tailored to that specific job. Yes. Or, and that take time. Uh, right. Yeah. That take, uh, and they, it took me time. Like, um, and then not even in the job fairs, right? Because I used to, what I used to do is like, okay, they do job fairs in Korea. We call the military contractors that are out there. It's like over a hundred, you know, been from Khaki to Huntington Ingalls to all those companies, right? General Dynamics. So I look at a, what I used to do that. It was like, okay, I know who's coming right now. So I went to their website. I saw what's open, where it was open, Right, I tailor my resume to the jobs that I wanted, and that takes time. Right, this is not an easy mm-hmm. process. 
it takes you to sit down every night and tailor your resume from your base resume, you know, tell you your resume to that specific job that, uh, and I had everything in a folder. I have it in a file on my phone. So when I go talk to the recruiter there, yeah, I'm interested in, because the recruiter would say, Hey, how you doing? Yeah, this is my card. And I used to go there and tell him, Hey, how you doing? I'm interested in this job that you have in your website that is open. And the recruiter was like, Oh yeah, let me check it out. They said, Hey, by the way, it's my resume. So I send them electronically from my phone for that specific job, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but you're right, man. That sometimes you have to do that too. If not, you're not going to pass go either. You're just going you to waste a time, paper, paper time, you know? So. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say that it applies to the younger people, but it, it doesn't apply to a good portion of the people that are getting out of the military where you just have a general resume and, and I'm just going to apply to, you know, a hundred jobs and hopefully somebody will call me. Well, if you have, if you're applying to a job in IT, yeah. but your resume says that you were a goat farmer, yeah. <laughs> why would they, why would they hire you? Oh you know? yeah. They don't even, that thing is not going to pass the screening process, man. Like it's not even going to, it's not, sometimes it's not even get to the hands of the recruiter. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that, um, I, I, I was like, so I want to be a project manager. I defined that. They'll say, hey, I'm going to be a project manager. So that was my, you see, all my resumes that I built were for project management jobs, right? Or program manager job. And uh, So I, once I defined that specific field that I want to go into, I was able to tailor the resumes, which it wasn't that, how can I say this? Then it wasn't that hard to tailor, right? I just need to tailor to a specific job if I have the experience because you have experience that you don't sometimes you don't remember. But some jobs yeah. desire experience in construction, right? Or uh, or transportation, arranging fleets. You are be the PM because we just bought like my company. We just bought six hundred vehicles, man, and then we need to get it you know, from the vendor to the places around the United States, so things like that, right? So then you tailor your resume for, for stuff like that. But don't do that general blast to 500 jobs a day because you're, you're going to waste your time. No, that's yeah. what going to call you, man. And then uh, I, have got, I have friends right now, one of them, retired Lieutenant Colonel Space dude, had every certification you can imagine, every security clearance this country had. And you know how much job he scored right now so far? Zero. Um, he works. He got a job selling fire suppression equipment. <laughs> but he never tailored his resume. He left it very general. Yeah. He thought of his, my clearance is going to get me the job. You know, like, and they're like, no, man. <laughs> you know, it's, I hear that all the time. It's like, well, if you have a TS, you're going to. You're going to get a job like that. No, like, no you don't. Like, you know how many people are retiring from the military that have a TS? And not just that. The company will give you an intern TS. You know? Yeah. I mean, I found out uh, my buddy, he went for Hunting on Ingle. He's a program manager. He's like, dude, I mean, if you got the right candidate, the company will do an investigation on their own, give an intern TS so he can work, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'll tell your audience out there, clearances? It's nice to have, but it's not going to give you a job, right? It's not yeah. going to. It just lets you apply. That's all. That's 
So along with that, I, I've had some people who are, you know, in five months, they've submitted five applications. It's like, I get it, bro. You're, you're, those applications are very detailed to the job. Yeah. You're going to need a few more than that. <laughs> yes, chances right. are you're probably not going to get a call back exactly. from those five. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, so that's the other thing, right? I did in my timeline. I, I went timeline-wise. I said, okay, uh, I want to be a project manager when I get out, right? But I have my time. So if I want October when I get out, I don't find a job. You know, I, I start in two months before that, I start shooting everything, right? Like, I'll, I shoot 500 resumes a day. I don't care what kind of job it is, but, you know, time start getting crunching. But like you said, like, don't do that. I don't know if you remember this guy, uh, uh, Edgar, Edgar. Uh, I don't know if you remember Edgar. Yeah. Ed, the... Yeah. He made that mistake. And I'm, I'm telling it here because, I'm, I mean, we talk about it multiple times. But he was like, oh, I apply for this job, right? One resume uh, to one specific job, right? I was like, dude, don't wait. Find the next job, you know, that you want to apply. Change it and modify your resume and send it over. And do the same thing until they call you, right? My brother is a lawyer in D.C. and he told me that. He's like, dude, sit down and send it. Tailor resume, send it to the next job. Don't wait. They're going to call you for that job because they most likely will not. Yeah. Uh, so I learned that lesson learned too. So I started like... I put my, so when I was in terminal leave, that was my job. Eight hours, I was doing that. So, and I was able to go like one yeah. resume per hour and per job. And then when I was got pretty good, then I started recycling resumes, words and stuff like that. So I was able to get like my 20 jobs a day, 20 yeah. resumes mm-hmm. a day, you know, for project manager jobs, right? Yeah. And, and that's what I try to tell people. It's like, if you want to work, then you have to put in, if you want to find a job afterwards, then you have to put in the effort while you're transitioning. Yes, out. you're right. And I don't, like, it's not like you leave the post and there's a line of employers there. It's like, Hey, we've been waiting for you to retire. Like, please come work for us. Like that does, that doesn't happen. So that's a, that's like a fallacy, like a fantasy that people have in their head yeah. sometimes. Like, yeah, I did 20 years in the military. They're going to pick me. No, they're not, dude. Like, Again, you just want more. Like, you go like yeah. you finish that. You just want more guy. Unless again, you're a three star or four star general, right? Like that's that's different. Yeah, and even with that, like yeah, I mean, do those guys like what kind of jobs do those guys get? It's usually not so much because of their uh, skills yeah. or what they bring, but more of like the good old boy club. Yeah, well, my. My buddy knows this guy who needs somebody oh, to sit yeah. on their board. So I, that's what I, that's it's not what because, like, bro, nobody cares that you were a, a, a general no. in, in field artillery. Unless you can bring, like, uh, I don't know if you heard this company. What's the name of that company? It used to be, we used to do our PMT with them in North Carolina. Uh, it was a private company. What? Griffin Group? Griffin Group, right? So Griffin Group, if you look at it, now that I know this, right, if you look at their structure at that time, they hire some retired Ranger four-star guy, right, as their CEO. Well, the COO was the real owner of the company. He just hired that CEO so he can put on the front of the corporate magazine, right? <laughs> so he can sell contracts. That's all it is, right? And these guys know that. These all these general, big generals know that thing, right? They know yeah. that's what they're using them for, right? Yeah. Um, 
and they that's what you see. That's what you see them out there. They're like consultants, right? A lot of consultants. Yeah, out but because because they're 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 great, you know, and they did their time in the military, and they're great in the military. As bros, like you have a lot of experience. Yeah. But how does going to war and blowing things up, like we're running a hospital here? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't you, match. You were an infantry officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how does that match here? How does that work? Yeah, it's it like, does. Well, I bring leadership. All right. Well, I'll get the hell out of here. Nobody cares, buddy. <laughs> no, I mean, and then uh, yeah, nobody. <laughs> it's like nobody cares, man. Like I was a. Uh, in this company that I'm in, I'm a log- it's a logistic company, and uh, I'm the only veteran there that I wasn't logistic, right? Uh, and they just hire me. They just like me in the interview because my, my strategy was, man, I, if I get to the interview, I can sell this thing. I can sell the product. Just get me there. So I was able that day to be like number 10 out of 10 in the interview process. And I, uh, I, I saw myself, right? I have my, my cell pitch lines, everything. And uh, I still remember I told him, hey, listen, my last, my closing argument was this. Companies are about profits, right? So I told him, hey, I'm willing to give you all my time in order to build that loyalty of that customer so we can get new business from them. So whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it. I remember the lady looked at me like, yes. This is the type of guy that we need, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just for that kind of life. But, um, but yeah, it's like it's, it's your, your leadership experience. I mean, everybody's a leader in a, in a private sector. Everybody solves problems. That's what they do. That's what the companies survive all the time, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. like not, you don't have anything that is not out there. <laughs> hey, so um, you were talking about, like, the interview, right? Yeah. Um, so do you have any tips for people? Because I know – Oh, yeah. Uh, like in our previous uh, mm-hmm. job, right? Like in civil affairs, everybody always thought that they were a smooth negotiator. It's like, man, I can. It's like I don't know if you know if you understand this, but we're we represent the United States government, yeah. And so just us going in there, people want to work with us because they know that we bring the American dollar. Yeah, it's not that you're smooth, exactly, and you're a good negotiator. You're it's right. that they know that you have the American dollar behind you. Yes, and. Uh, I remember we were active duty. That I knew that in the back of my mind, right? The only reason you want to see me is because I have money. Nothing else, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but when you go to the interview process, you have nothing, man. You have you. <laughs> and uh, I did a lot of, uh, I did not do market. I did, I did research, right? I, I, like, I like research. So when I, uh, I, I interviewed for Amazon, and I didn't take the job because I had to move, and I didn't want to move at all. Out of the beach, I'm not moving out of the beach, right? Amazon, great company, man. Uh, I mean, great benefits and everything. But I studied, dude. I, I researched the company. I researched all the way back to when Jeff Bezos founded the company, right? To understand the culture, and you can understand what kind of prof, and you can profile it, what kind of employee they want, right? And I did that with this company that I'm working now, GXO too. I, I, I went to their website, went to their much histories I could find, right? With that, uh, then I start with that. I, I, was, I was able to develop a profile of what kind of employee they're looking for, what kind of employee works there, right? And <laughs> I mean, it took time. And it's like, a, this is like an Intel operation type thing with that. Then I started looking online and different search engine possible, you know, possible questions, right? 
But you always have to answer one thing. I still remember that I, what I have done and, and uh, how we benefit from it money-wise and what I can do for you. Right? If you go with those three things and you can summarize that in one sentence, you know, so if I, if I work in five different countries, I, I advance the United States objective to new markets and they accept me, I can do the same for you. I can get your product, take it to a new market and sell it. That's what I'm going to do for you, right? Yeah. So you have to, I mean, before you go into the interview process, do your homework, study it. And then I, I went with that, those three things in one sentence, man, like what I have done, how we benefit monetarily and what I can do for you as a company. And if you answer, you know, and then from there, they're going to ask you a couple of questions, right? What is your biggest failure? So during my research, it's like, they're always going to tell you, tell me a failure that you have. So and people don't look, don't think about things like that. Or what is your weakness? What is your, what is your weakness? What that tells, what that tells the profile, I was doing a profile on you too, right? It's like, if you know yourself and then if, if you know yourself, you know, like your weak points and your weak points, you look for help to make you stronger. So I know you're not going to crash when, the, you know, when the pressure comes in some areas, right? Um, yeah. So for the interview, do your homework, man. Look at your general questions and tailor that to the interview, right? Like your weakness, your challenges that you have and how you solve the challenge, right? And, uh, and you can, again, you answer it like, this is what happened. This is what I did. And this is what I can do for you. Right? Every yeah. question, and you stick to that. I stick to that pattern in every question. Right? And so I, I had a few people who would, you know, because I, of course, in every interview I got asked that, what was your, what was your greatest failure yeah. or what's your weakness? One of the two, mm-hmm. sometimes both, yeah. right? And I've, I've had some people tell me, it's like, well, when I go in there, I tell them I don't have a weakness. Well, I tell them my strength. I turn the question on them. It's like, that's why you didn't get the job, idiot. Yes, you're absolutely yes. right. <laughs> you're right. Because uh, remember, it's like you didn't answer the question. You don't know how to follow instructions right there. You just yeah. tell me right there. You don't know. And then it tells me right there that when I, me as a supervisor, I have to tell you to do something. You're going to push back on me. You're going to go, yeah. you know, you're going to be a problem for me. As a, as it, a, it's like you have your head so far up your ass that you don't realize that you can make mistakes. Exactly. You're right. And uh, most of this, at least in my experience, right, most of these companies look like where you made a mistake and what you did to solve the mistake, you know, to correct it. You know, it's not like most of the, my directors look at you made a mistake. They don't want you to sit down in a corner. You know, oh, I messed it up. Yeah. We just lost, and I, I mean, we just lost 250, 250 grand in this deal, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes, I, I'm going to give you an example. Sometimes you have, I mean, they made a deal. Uh, we made a bidding and we get a business, but we missed some stuff, right? As a company, some people miss stuff, mm-hmm. right? Now you are 250 grand in the hole in a service that you have to provide to the company. But those 250 coming from your revenue, man. So somebody to explain the yeah. boss, why are you losing yeah. 250? And most of the director looks like, how are you going to solve that problem? Right. And you cannot sit down until your boss is like, Hey, uh, well, go to your big boss, right. And tell them that we're going to lose this quarter, 250 grand in, <laughs> in, in the IT department. Right. You cannot do that. Yeah. You have to come with a solution somehow. So those little questions like that, 
it looks like you have if you are mentally agile to provide solutions when things come hard, right? Like uh, I mean, I use a paraphrase, but when challenges arise, uh, again, and this is a true story, found a mistake, the two hundred fifty grand, and then I'm working, we working a solution to how to see how we can lessen the impact, you know. Yeah, and uh, that's that's and, and, and you know that's important, um, you know, because for for the enlisted out there, you know, when you go to the boards, right, for the yeah. E five board, E six board, promotion, uh, so to the month board, so to yeah. the quarter, you know, you're told like if you don't know the answer, tell them I don't I don't have that answer for you, but I'll get back to you. And it's like you can't do that in an interview. Yeah, that's it's right. Like, I'll get back to you. Well, when? We're never going to see you again because you're not going to work here. <laughs> yeah, or like are, you, like, like, are you stupid? Like, like, why weren't you prepared? Exactly. Or, or it's like, you cannot tell them that. You cannot tell them, hey, I got to get back to you. Well, I'm the one who's calling you. You're not calling me, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if I call you, yeah, good. Tell me the answer, right? <laughs> but uh, but uh, you're right. You have to prepare. Uh, prepare with all those. And, and you can find some general questions out there, but... Uh, Again, it's how you, for me, it was how I model my answers to those questions, right? And yeah. I had challenges and failures, dude. We are not used to talk about those as human beings, right? We don't like to talk about those, right? So I so I have to sit down and see, let me see how I can answer this. If I ever get answered this thing. So it took me some research, too. Right? I had to do some research on how to answer this question. But I was able to nail it in every interview because they asked me, Either one or both, right? Yeah. And another one they ask you, they, uh, in my company, they like to ask is, uh, what do you do in your free time? Well, don't tell them. Uh, I mean, you can tell them I got to go to the gym and things like that, but don't. I, I, I like to tell people, most of the company look for people who are balanced in their life, right? Yeah. I mean, in the Army, they like to use the guy who works 24-7, right? That's what they tell you all the time. That's what I used to do, right? And then... But you need a balanced guy because this 24-7 is not a sustainable model. I, I don't care what the Army said. It's not a, The only reason it's sustainable because you have a law behind you that if you don't do what they tell you to do, you can get charged with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but you, you want to – most of these people want people who is balanced, right, who can balance their personal life with work. That's a sustainable model. They can last 20, 30 years, you know? So it, it's funny that you bring that up about the, the model, the 24-7 model, right? Because, um, again, you know, my PhD is yeah. in a global leadership, right? Okay, so yeah. we're talking about about why leadership in the military only applies to the military. Yeah. It doesn't apply anywhere else. That makes sense. And the reason, for, the reason for that is because leadership in the military really isn't leadership. It, it's, it's conducted by threats. You, know what you do this or you will suffer these consequences. Yeah. So not so, and people say, "Well, you provide guidance and motivation." The motivation is, I don't want half of my pay taken away for two months. You're, you're I don't want to be right. put on extra duty. Yeah. I don't want to be put on staff duty. Uh, I don't want to be kicked out. That's yeah. your leadership. It's like having people, and, and you'll know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but having having some some lieutenant colonel sitting in a meeting, running his mouth about stuff that everybody already knows. Yeah. It's nothing new. Saying, but wait, there's more. It's like, bro, like you're you're not smart. I, I know you think you're brilliant, yeah. but you're not. Like, like yeah. just tell me what you want to say so we can go on. 
because I got to put miles on the vehicles. Yeah. And then yeah. I got to make sure they're online. Then I got to make sure guys mow the lawn. Yeah. Because that's really important in the military. Yeah. That's what your leadership is providing. How to be a goddamn gardener. And that, and that, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad we segue into this because usually one of the one of the things you don't have formal authority in the like as a as a project manager, you do not yeah. have formal authority, right? You have. You don't have authority. There's nothing written in my company that said the project manager is the highest. And he respond to these guys like, no, man. Like, and I have to. You have to build teams there with the IT folks, with the operations, with the human resources. You know, you have to get all these guys to with the education. You have to get all these guys together and give you, you know, keep it synchronized, right? Yeah. And that's uh, now I'm, I I never thought about that, but it's true. It's a threat in the military. It's a threat backed by law, by the UCMJ. Yeah. I mean, but in the civilian sector, that's one of the questions sometimes they ask. It's like, how do you, how do you build teams, right? Or how do you work with other people? So um, don't, don't, I'll say to the audience out there, our leadership is very authoritative and very direct. That's what, that's what we call leadership. Tony, I need you to do this, right? Do this by this date. And then in the civilian yeah. sector, Tony, and I'm using yours as an example, Tony was like, he's going to be polite, okay, and he's not going to do anything. And then you try to figure it out why things are not done. Well, he doesn't work for you. Let's start with that. He got a real boss, right? And then nothing is going to happen to him. You know, like, he's going to get fired. Like, yeah. So so that's some of the, um, that's some of the things that I, uh, I think my – in my experience, I was not, uh, I, I was able to, I, I, I like to think that way, right? Like I was able to not use authority all the time. Um, when I, I like to work with others, right? So that's something you have to look into it when you go out there too. They might ask you that question. How do you, how well you work in teams? Well, don't tell them I got a squad and I got Sultan in Baghdad, three buildings and things like that. And I talk, <laughs> no, they don't, they don't care about that either. It's like, or how to, Sometimes they ask you, like my boss, I like to ask, how do you how do you get teams without formal authority? How do you how do you make them work together? <laughs> how do you solve yeah. how do you solve a problem between two engineers? I have an industrial engineer, then I have a civil engineer and a mechanical engineer, and their jobs all depend on them. They they work in three different departments, but their product together make one product that you need for this project, right? How do you make mm-hmm. those guys work together, man? Like, and that's. That's kind of challenges that you encounter all there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and then and, and the army, the army doesn't prepare you for that. No, doesn't. Do it, mm-hmm. and it, and my my thing that I always loved was if and I was guilty of this too, yeah. right? Because you you mimic what you learn yeah, early exactly. on in your career. Later on in your military career, you do the same thing. But you know, I would ask, well, how do I do this? And I would get the you know usually from a butter bar. Well, make it happen. Well, oh, okay. could, I, I get that, but could you give me some advice like how to start? Because like, fix it, just fix it. NCOs, awesome. So no guidance, no, no nothing. No. It's just <laughs> and then the butter bar takes off. He's like, well, I'm going to go to the pool with my other butter yeah, bar yeah, yeah, yeah. buddies, you know. And it's like, and it was always nonsense, you know. I'm going to go like, to a chow well, and spend there like an hour and a half at yeah. lunch, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and like well, like like help me out. And that's what I, that's what I'm learning now, like. Mm-hmm. That, that's like where I am because I 
it helped me make that tra- slow transition yeah. to normal life, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the, to learn, like we were talking about that crazy E7 yeah. on, on Thursday that came into my office and told me, hey, you need to get outside. There's a meeting outside. Everybody needs to go outside. It's like, I looked at him. I was like, yeah, I'm working. I, I'm not leaving. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, get up and go outside. It's like, so I got up and I closed the door. It's like, I don't know if you understand this. One, I'm not in the military. Mm-hmm. Two, I don't work for you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I close the door. What is he going to do? Nothing. Nothing. He just did it. That's a, I, I was, that's a story of another, uh, another, and it felt good, right? Uh, another director told me, hey, are you going to set up the meetings? Uh, no, I'm not. Like, and then the last thing he told me is like, are you going to send the minutes of the meeting, you know, the notes? I was like, listen, man, I'm on the phone with a client right now. Whenever I get I get to it, I get to it. You know, it's like, so, and I talked to other guys in the company, other my my, my project manager peers, and they were like, oh, yeah, that guy, they, their mind is like, this guy's too rough, right? So they don't yeah. do shit for him. That's going to get you fail, yeah. you know, <laughs> because it's like... Yeah. You need it. You need it. You're right. You need to get out of mindset of the military of very directed and authoritative style to go. When you go to the civilian sector, it's more like team building, man. Like, how do you build a team in which everybody, you know, start rowing yeah, to the same because, area, the same place, right? Because in the military, it's like okay, if you if somebody leaves, don't worry about it. Just replace them, and yeah. we're, we're good to go. But in the real world, yeah, you've invested a lot of time yes. in this individual. They have their education, mm-hmm. their certifications, experience. Yeah, and yeah, if they leave now, you have to go start the search process again. Hire somebody else. Hopefully, they have the same experience and education mm-hmm. certifications, and then you still have to get them up to the same level of that person. It's like You're that's right. a lot of time yeah. and money to get there. And then, uh, like for example, the example that I was giving you is like in my team, I have. Uh, I have a civil engineer, I have an industrial engineer, right? And I have a mechanical engineer. Through, uh, can you hear me, Tony? I want to make sure that... Yeah, I got okay. you, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So you have three type of engineer, engineers right there, engineers. They work part of the same project. Each work depends on each one of them, right? Uh, because the industrial need to do processes, etc. The mechanical the design based on this process and the civil engineer would implement all that in buildings and factories and stuff like that. If one of those guys fail, right? Uh, the whole project fail. On top of that, they work they have their own bosses, right? They work for three different departments. You know, like I mean they don't Jorge, Jorge Medina, you're the PM, yeah. Okay. So you have to learn how to I have to I had to learn like how to how to get those guys working, you know. So it took me a lot, yeah. a lot of time building rapport with them, you know, things like yeah. uh, things like that. But you cannot use. I mean, the, the army style. You're gonna flunk your project in two seconds. I mean, like, you will be behind schedule, resources because, yeah. and nothing is gonna happen to those guys. You're gonna fire them. If you fire them, well, you're gonna find another industrial engineer. It's not that many in the U.S., dude. Like, I'm sorry, but or a mechanical yeah. engineer. That knows the project, then you can bring him over and then start working right away in this like, yeah. automation, whatever, whatever it is, you know, like it's not, it's not that E6 that you can grab from other place and bring him over or E4 or E5. This thing is like real technical jobs, you know? Yeah, I know. I hear a lot of people in the military say, well, you know, I'm a project manager. It's like, 
Mm, no, no, dude, we're not. I'm sorry. I thought we were. I I made that mistake, right? Uh, we're managers, right? I can give you yeah. that. We manage. We're more managers, and uh, we're not leaders. We're managers, man. That's what we are. That's what you are in the military. You manage stuff. You have a formal authority behind you called the UCMJ, plus your unit regulations, right? That give you the yeah. power to make other people do things. But uh, now that I'm doing like real projects, that's when, uh, and then in the military, I mean, everything gets out of line, right? Everything gets out of timeline, at least for one day. It's not you're gonna get, but I mean, you lose money. All the things trickling down on that specific part or area that you fail for one day, you know, and uh, it's it's a it's a more complicated aspect than what I thought, you know. Yeah. Uh, way more, because in the for us in the military, I mean, everybody was saying, "Oh, you miss movement." Yeah, but you can make everybody your NCO make everybody to be there on time, and if they're not on time, you know, the wrath of the UCMJ is coming. Yeah, these guys are not, for example. And then if they're not in time, they lose money. They lose money. They lose money. They lose of the bottom line, which at the end you lose from the revenue. If you lose from the revenue, your your company stock go down. So you lose in valuation. You know, like all that. Yeah, all that. In the military, if you're if you fall off of your schedule, well, just stay later. Yeah, right. Or stay later. Come in on the weekend. But you cannot you, do that. You can't do that. No, you can't. You, you can't pay the overtime. Exactly. You know, it's like, and I, I'm glad when I went to Korea. I have a, a GS12, and uh, and uh, three uh, Korean local hires, right? And I had that mindset, right? Okay, you know, Steve Battle was a very, he he, he works a lot, right? So I was hammering these yeah. guys to work at the same time until I started. Then I have to sign the overtime. When I find sign the over, the first overtime, and I look at the numbers, and the big boss is like, "Hey, what uh, what do you guys, what do you make these guys do at this time?" You know, like, well, they were here answering phone calls. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "No, we're not paying any more overtime <laughs> on this." You know, that's when I start like getting a taste of how to deal with these constraints that you have in the civilian sector that you don't have in the military. You know. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of constraints. And then if the company you work with have labor unions in there, right? If you if your employees are unionized, forget it. That's another gamma of, I don't say it's bad, good or bad. That's not to me to say, but there is a, a, another gamma rules that comes over because now there's agreement between the union and the company, right? Uh, like who's going to do what? How long will it take it, you know? So that's another variable that you have to throw in the project or in the you know the project management area, right? Or some areas of the yeah. project are not unionized, but other areas are, right? So how do you deal with those guys? Which is not, I mean, it's not a problem. It's just a different set of rules that you have to manage, yeah. you know? And that, like you said, in the military, you don't have to deal with none of that. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine a, a in the military, oh, like <laughs> people go crazy, man. <laughs> It'd be striking every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you get a, <laughs> or you, or you get a, at least a, a threat of striking all the time, you know. Yeah. And then, like some areas, the guys strike or 
or they go the union rep. Now they stop everything because you have to tend that, you know, you have, that complaint. For example, you have to answer it, and uh, you know, it's not. When I, the civil sector is more complex. I didn't realize it, how complex it was until yeah. until I jump on it. So I'll tell the guys, and that what helped me out to change my mindset was the research, right? Research, research that I did when I was in the military, you know, company cultures, things like that. You have to read all that. Don't wait until you get out trying to figure things out, man. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I heard from a few people who transitioned out, officers and NCOs as well, that when they got out, you know, they were working and they might have been in management positions. You know, things would come down late in the day, like 3.30, 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then they put it out to their teams or whatever. Like, yeah. hey, this came down. And five o'clock comes and everybody goes home. It's like, hey, what, this isn't done. It's like, okay. Yeah, I went we're, through that. We're, we're, we're going home. <laughs> we're going home, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went through that problem. And I was, uh, I remember I had my first project, right, last year. And uh, I need a, I need an accounting code. This is Friday. So I'm emailing the contract to the vice president of operations um, to finance. Hey, this is the contract. This is like a Friday around 3.30, man. And uh, the vice president of operations sent an email back and he said, hey, you don't have any football to watch right now? And I was like, what? He's <laughs> like, like, hell yeah. You know, like, no, dude, like, nobody's gonna, it's gonna wait until Monday. I said, like, but I need an accounting code so we can start charging you know, for supplies and things like that. He's like, no, 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 man. I mean, just go go watch some football. So now I learned from that, right? So my calendar is open on Fridays. I put everything Monday to Thursday. Fridays, I put my two-hour lunch with my wife in the calendar. And I answer a few phone calls in there. But if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done, you know? Like, yeah, nobody's in that rush. Uh, Fridays, and my boss, he was like, Fridays? You know, just be in your phone already. That's, that's, I was like, okay. You know, so that's another another culture shock that I had. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was sending email. I had like, like three people that I was talking, man, at that time. And and this happened one time. I put a meeting on a Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning. You know how many people show up for that meeting? Zero. And I'm waiting there. That's like zero. And this is a... I, I call it go, no go for a project, right? That's when all the directors sign off and say, yeah, the project, the, you know, we're going to turn them in on this day that we said we will because we have IT ready. We have facilities ready. Dude, nobody showed up. <laughs> like anyone, <laughs> just me. I was like, so I wait like 20 minutes. I was like, okay, I know how it is now. <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, <laughs> shut down the computer, shut down everything. It's like, hey, we'll discuss this on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but you know those you, you gotta get those culture shots like that. yeah and you know that's i enjoy that because it helped me realize that oh yeah you know in the army your identity is the military mm-hmm. right and it helped me like i like my job but that's what it is it's a job it's a job yeah for all those people it's a job it's a way and then i mean i, I don't think that i did enjoy Listen to them to talk about their vacations, right? Ah, yeah, we always in Italy. You know, that was their main topic as persons when they talk, right? Mm-hmm. Some people talk about their fast cars, what they spend their money on, well, they spend their money traveling. But that's their that's their identity, right? And I uh, I really did appreciate that. I was like, man, this is this is nice. 
And, yeah. You know, that was, I was like, this is nice. This is what they talk about, you know? It's not just yeah. work, 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 you know? Yeah, and, you know, I don't care about what's going on in yeah. country no. I don't care about what's going on in that other unit over there who's messing up the mission and couldn't do it as well as I could. Or nobody cares, man. <laughs> no, a, that, no, don't care about that stuff. So that's a nice, that's a nice relief for me, right? Like I don't even have to, I don't have to care about none of that anymore. You know, it's like uh, I think life, my blood pressure went down. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I enjoy my time off. I mean, believe it or not, I enjoy it. Like, because I don't have to worry about what's going on with my guys or or what I have to do on Monday. No, man, it's like I enjoy that. If you don't get to it, you don't get to it. I mean, that's. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some things that have timelines, right? But the timelines are so broad. Like, like I'm able to. I remember when I have only one little project. I was working like three days a week. That's it. Because I manage everything in three days. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's the other thing I learned here. If I turn a, in the civilian sector sometimes, if you turn a project before the time that you plan and under budget, your boss is start going to look at it. Okay, why you are under budget? Where do you cut corners in materials? Right? So they start looking at that in my company, right? Yeah. Why you are under budget? If we say this is this ring with this specification costs fifty dollars, but you bought it for thirty five dollars, because that might make another system fail down the road, right? So sometimes being too aggressive, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the right thing either to do, unless, yeah. unless in my sector, right? Um, or if you are under time, that means. They're gonna get their bill somewhere else. Somebody's gonna book out extra hours, you know. Uh, things like you know, think those those uh, those little things. <laughs> I I also learned that it's not it's not like in the military. I want to do everything now. Everything is an emergency. Yeah, you know, like they're now. It's like no, man. It's like nothing is an emergency here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you have a budget. You have your plan. Just follow that. Just follow your plan. Sun. Yeah. Because it's not, you're going to open. And most of those plans, it's not like a, I can say this, man. Like, uh, you know, we used to have plans to go to countries. You know, this, this and that in the countries and uh, things like that. But uh, here, this, uh, nobody check your plan. It's like maybe my boss, like commander, right? And uh, maybe one more guy. But I learned this also in the civilian sector, man. They're talking about it, but... Uh, yeah. No, the army have a different mission. Right? I don't. Mean, I don't want to mix the two, right? I just want to say it's two different lifestyles. So yeah. in the civilian sector, lifestyle is like you have those plans, those timelines. A lot of people looked at it and put some thought on it behind it because it's very technical. Technic. There's a technical component there that needs to be addressed in a certain way. Um, but I say the lifestyle changed from the military to the civilian. In the civilian, I have less, less, way less pressure. Man. Like, I enjoy my time off. You know, like, I, I enjoy the, the job and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's uh, different perks here and there, you know. All right. So, we're going on about a little over an hour now. Oh, wow. Um, so, this is, this is about the time when we uh, 
Yeah. You know, do you have any shout outs for anybody? Uh, and if, do you want to promote any well, military uh, owned businesses? I'll tell you what. I, uh, well, well, the shout out, I said, oh, my company, DXO, they do a pretty good job uh, hiring military guys in the logistic realm. Just look at it, gxo.com, go to the careers tab. And there's plenty of job across the country and uh, across multiple countries because we're a global company. That, that's one. Uh, that I definitely would like to, to shout out right there. Those guys gave me the opportunity. I just took it, right? So, okay. Uh, and uh, for me, you know, I was talking to you earlier. Um, you know, I want to mention Derek Jackson and his farm out yeah. up here in Durham. It's uh, Derek got out at about ten years um, because of military leadership that he had. Uh, <laughs> The guy that, that he had as a first sergeant, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy's a rock. He, he's yeah. a rock, man. Sorry, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no way to put it. He's just not intelligent. It's yeah. Like, some people are born smart. Some people are not. He was not. Yeah. He's he's not smart. He wasn't born smart. It's like he's, he's, yeah. Nothing, nothing against the guy. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That's how he is, right? But anyway, Derek is out there. His farm, it's a grass-grazed farm. Yeah. And... Uh, you can go online, check it out. Um, Derek's been on USA Today. He's been on, I think, to the Today Show. Uh, but he just started a new product. It's uh, it's kind of like a Slim Jim, but it's pork-based. Nice. And it's all natural. There's no sugars in it. And uh, just go on there. He ships out. I don't know how far he ships, but um, Derek is doing it. He, he got out in about 2020, right at the height, um, like a month before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And... Uh, he survived the pandemic, nice. and now his farm is growing, and he's a major force out here in, in the Triangle area. Nice, making it, so making Derek, it. Yep. Thanks for doing. Yeah, thanks, thanks for doing what you're doing, Derek. Awesome. Uh, um, so again, everybody, just remember, hey, we're here just to help uh, veterans transition out. Just remember, your physical health is important, and your mental health. That's yeah. very, very important. If you if you need assistance, reach out, and you know, go to the VA. Just go to the hospital. You can reach here. You can reach me at arantoniorodriguez98 at gmail.com. We can try to get you some assistance if you need it. And as always, um, you are special. You have something that makes you unique. Unique. Identify what that is and maximize it to its fullest potential. Um, until next time, zot, 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 and roll tide.